listening to episode 37, chapter two of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today we're continuing our conversation with John Stark about his book, The Possibility of Prayer. As a pastor in Manhattan, John Stark knows the bustle and busyness of our society, but he also knows that prayer is not just for spiritual giants. Prayer, he writes, is for each of us, not because we are full of spiritual wisdom and maturity, but because we are empty. John is the lead pastor at Apostles Church Uptown in New York City. He's also the co-editor of the book One God in Three Persons, and he lives in Manhattan with his wife and four children. Good communication is key for any relationship to grow and flourish. Today in our modern world, we have tools and technology that connect us with others more than at any other time in human history. And yet, people feel more alone and isolated than ever. This is because connection doesn't equal communication. So connection, although critical for relationships, is not enough. As Christians, we are connected to God through His Spirit. We are connected to God because God is faithful to remain by our side. But if we want to go deeper in our relationship with Him, then we need to have open and clear communication with Him. Prayer is how we communicate with God. And as with any relationship, it helps to know what we are sitting down to do when we talk to our loving Father. So that's why we start off this chapter talking to John about what prayer is and why we are doing it. We have not yet talked about what prayer is, and so I know this is really, really basic, but I, you know, you, we talk about prayer, and there's so many assumptions that we each bring to the table when we talk about it. So I, I just like for you to define that for us. What, what are we talking about here when we talk about what prayer is? What are we doing? Yeah, there's a quote um, that I like, um, and it kind of helps me uh, make sense of a lot of other things. Um, someone put it this way, that prayer is getting close enough to God to hear him say, I love you, mm-hmm. which, you know, at some level, we don't, you don't want to make it more complicated than that. You're, you're just trying to enhance the relationship that you have with God through Christ. And um, part of that is through meditating and reading scripture. Part of that is sitting still and solitude and Another part is is crying out and asking for help. Um, you know, in the Psalms, you, there's so many different kinds of prayers. There's complaint where you're actually encouraged to complain to God. And some of them sound awful accusatory <laughs> um, and be angry um, or just worship and praise or confess sin. Or But in some way, you are enhancing and trying to connect in a deeper way your relationship with with god um another way to put it is just sort of to overlap your existence with his existence because in the way that paul talks about sort of referring back to moses uh, on mount sinai that when you are reading scripture and and doing it and meditating on scripture you are being transformed into his likeness so in the way that moses looked at the glory of God and was changed. We're looking at the glory of Christ and are changed as, as we read. So there's this transforming effect as we try to reach in closer enough to hear him say, I love you to us. Um, and that's really important because 
that that sounds when you say just getting close enough to hear him say I love you that sounds sort of I don't know um silly but we're all reaching for some voice we we need some we're we're either listening for affirmations of of our coworkers, our family members, our friends, we're, we're looking for some voice to ultimately define us and give us some kind of assurance that we're doing okay. Um, and in, you know, that's what Jesus, the beginning of his ministry at his baptism, his beginning of his ministry did not start with the affirmation of, of the crowds. It began with the affirmation of the father who said, you know, you're my beloved son. I love you. I'm pleased with you. And in Christ, that's just what we need in prayer is to continually hear the Father say, you're my beloved son and daughter. I'm, I'm pleased with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if we're not hearing that voice, we're reaching for it somewhere. And so prayer puts us in the way of that voice over and over and over again. So we have freedoms, we have joy, we're being transformed. Um, we're, not, we're not reaching or manipulating for that affirmation elsewhere. Does that make sense? No, it does. And it, it, you know, as you're describing it, I mean, it really start you start painting the opposite picture of of idolatry. Like you can you can sort of see how easy it would be to fall into that 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 worshiping all these other things by going out there and looking for them to define me in a way that you know either I'm trying to choose subconsciously or um, yeah, uh, letting the world try to define who I should be rather than letting Christ define me. And then again, because then we get into all the stuff that you're talking about, right? It's like, it, I always feel like I have to measure up. And since I don't, then there's the shame and regret and the guilt. And there's, we get, we become enslaved to all these other expectations and in and, and our jobs. And it, it's just sort of like, man, the, the cycle just really starts to spin out. So it seems like a really simple thing. And we in the Christian life, you were kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I need to pray. That's good. I wish I could. That's for the elites. You're saying, no, it's not. That's for everyday people. You really can do it. Um, well, we spend so much time trying to make prayer, I think, something more than it really is. I mean, you look at the Lord's Prayer and you, th- you think that Jesus prescribed these very set uh, words or maybe even at least themes that you've got to say or go through. Uh, and, and we think that, oh, yeah, these great spiritual warriors, these elites are the ones who know how to say the right things to to get God to respond the way that they want him to. Uh, when really, like you're saying, it's more of a, an abiding in his presence of being with him and getting close to him so that the relationship grows. And I think it's, I think it's Dallas Willard who talks about uh, prayer that way too, saying that uh, it's, it's about the relationship, the nature of the request. That's what he calls it. And so as we get close to, as we get close to God, we understand the relationship with God more and the power of asking him something comes from the closest of the relationship, not necessarily the words that we use or the or even the content of what we're asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what Jesus says in Matthew 6. You're not heard for your many words. Yeah. You know, our, your, your many words is not the mediator that gets you into the presence of the Father. That doesn't, he's not, he's, it's not the, what gets you heard. You know, it's it's his love for you and, and the mediating power of Christ. And so you're already listened to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and uh, Luther, uh, uh, what did he say? He, he said something like, um, God is not interested in, interested in your everlasting, oh gosh, everlasting talkative twaddle. 
He's looking for the heart of faith. Yeah. Um, which is, is such a perfect Luther quote. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, he, he says your prayers should be um, brief, um, uh, often, and intense. Mm. And um, I think that's, you know, there's, there's that ability for communion and slowness and meditating but oftentimes you know we we try to make it some uh, i okay i haven't been here long enough to be heard or i haven't talked it i haven't used the right words to be heard and in some ways jesus said look don't don't worry about how many words just give me your heart mm-hmm. um give me what give me what you're longing for give me your fears give me your hopes and i want to be present to that and um yeah the, so that relationship um and enhancing that relationship, I think, gets to the the rub of what prayer is. Yeah, and that's great. See, that that's freeing, right? It's brief because we, again, I think, at least I did growing up, and we've talked about it on the podcast. There's sort of like that expectation: if you really want to be a really pr- good prayer warrior, you got to pray an hour. Somehow, that's the golden numbers: one hour. And so, uh, maybe you could talk about the briefness with this next question, because then I want to go to often, because you also talk a- about rhythms in your book and, and you, you describe one of the best rhythms. Like I'm jealous of your, uh, in, I want you to, to describe it for us, but the first apartment you had in New York, right? So that, that prayer nook, you call it, <laughs> I'm very jealous of that. But, um, why are rhythms important when we're trying to create this, this life of prayer and, and, and create stillness? So, uh, yeah, walk us through that. Well, I mean, in, in some ways, um, rhythms keep us from thinking about doing a thousand different things. And so in the morning, you know, the the only way I can keep a habit of prayer is if I do the same thing at the same time at the same place. So every night I grind my coffee and I get it ready for tomorrow. It's, it's going at the same time every day. There's a certain place. I don't have to wake up and at a different time and think about, okay, how much time do I have? I know how much time I have. I know when my kids get up. I know when I got to take them to school and get on the train. Um, I'm not fiddling with where the coffee filters, nor am I figuring it out like, okay, is this a good place? Is the lighting good enough? I don't, I don't want to think about a thousand different things. I want to think about one thing. Um, and so just that rhythm, and that's, that's true for a million different things. Um, me, uh, and uh, a number of deacons and leaders in our church were over the season of Lent. We're um, we're doing the uh, what's what are we calling it? Um, we're doing the, just a, a set time prayers where each part of the day we stop for about fifteen minutes and pray for certain things in the church. And um, and one of the things that's going to make this effective for us is that we have the same time each day. We go to the same place. We have something that we're reading that's guiding our prayers. Um, and, and so rhythms are just important. They're, they're not only creating an ease of the ability to do it, where I don't have to think about a thousand things. I can think about one thing. You're not distracted. You don't have to shut down a million different things before I can get there. Um, your sort of inner life begins to know what it's doing and when it's doing it. And I think for real, for a relational side of prayer, that's really important. Um, you know, if I don't have some sort of rhythm, so my wife and I, we have every Friday night, we go out and we do something. Um, whether it's even just a cup of coffee or 
something more involved than that in the city. Um, but if we didn't have that on a regular schedule, it would be hard. It'd be hard to find a babysitter. It'd be hard to find the cash. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if it's just already in our rhythm and we already know who's coming to watch our kids, and we already know where we're going and we already know how much money we have, um, it's just sort of, it, it, it makes sure it happens every week. And so I don't have to think about not only um, setting a date or set a place where we're going. I can just, I know where we're going and I can think about how am I going to really pour into this relationship and think about um, who I'm with and, and, and where we're going together. Yeah. That intentionality. No. Yeah, it does. It makes perfect sense. That intentionality in no way cheapens your relationship with your wife, right? It, it enhances it. And I think, I think there's that misconception when it comes to prayer that if we, if we try to make it so formulaic, if you will, which is why I love the the word rhythm because Again, yeah, it just yeah. it, it puts things in into a better perspective, right? That you can really, like you're talking about, focus all of your energies on God in in, in that moment. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm well, personally in some ways, though, we're all we all have rhythms, whether we're intentional about them or not. Mm. If we're intentional about our rhythms, then we shape what our rhythms look like. If we're not, then we're just sort of at the mercy of how our culture is shaping our rhythms. And that means our culture will end up shaping our hearts. Mm. Um, and so in some ways, uh, having rhythms of prayer and disciplines of Sabbath and corporate worship and um, meditating on scripture, these are sort of counter habits or counter rhythms. They're, they're um, countering the ways that we're shaped by our world, um, which is really important. One thing stands out to me in what John is saying about prayer. We need to be intentional about it. One way to do that is to plan for it and build it into your daily routine. You know what it's like when something is part of your routine. You can almost do that thing without thinking about it. The key here isn't to make prayer so routine that you aren't present in the moment with Jesus. Instead, it's to make the moment of prayer something that's free from the distractions of the rest of your day. It's about being alone with you and God without worrying about what's happening next or what needs to happen today. It's about being still enough to hear his voice say, I love you. And in that moment, allowing that voice to transform you and the problems you bring along with you. So I want to challenge you today to plan your prayer times for the next few days. Literally, put it on your calendar. And then get ready for that time just like you would get ready for a date. Make sure everything is taken care of ahead of time so that in the moment, You don't have to worry about what's happening or what you have to do after you're done praying. Take care of everything else so that you can be free to hear your father say, I love you. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about John's work, check out his book, The Possibility of Prayer. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where John unpacks the ways Lent and the discipline of prayer work together. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.